0: Job chapter 2 and verse number 7. So went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with some sores, boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. And took him a popsher to scrape himself withal, and he sat down among the ashes. Then said his wife unto him, Doest thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall not we all receive evil? And all this did Job sin with his lips. He did not sin with his lips. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word. Help us tonight, Lord. We pray for those that are standing in need of prayer. We stand, pray for those who are standing in need of touch. Lord, we just ask you to pray. Touch them, Lord. Help them and strengthen them. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. I'm glad all that Job went through, he didn't leave him there in the middle of his heartaches and his troubles and this discouragement. I do believe that when they're going through all this, they thought that God was going to leave them behind. I have to be honest, there have been times that I've gone through some things that I've faced, and I thought God was through with me. I thought God had left me behind. God had abandoned me in the middle of my troubles. He's not helping me, He's not caring for me. And that's where this individual was. But we get at the end of the book and find that none of that was true. When you look back in your life, you'll find that what you were going through, God was there with you, and he brought you through. God has always been there the whole time. We just didn't see him or look for him. Job's wife's a character in the Bible who appears in the book of Job. She's only mentioned a few times in this story. Her actions and words have significant meaning to us. She is only known for the worst statement that she possibly could ever make. The wife says unto him, Do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. This statement has been interpreted uh, in different ways and different science and, uh, and it sees a sign of her lack of faith and despair Others sees it as an expression of sympathy for Job suffering in what he's going through and should desire for him to end his misery in what he was facing and dealing with. Let me ask you this. If the worst statement you ever made was the statement that everybody remembered you by, how would your life be? Well, maybe it doesn't bother you, or maybe you think, well, I've never said anything that uh, was so bad. Please pray for me, because I've said plenty of things that I've wished I had not have said. Because if you're known for the worst statement that you've made, you would think the worst of me, as you would have heard. She is only known for this one bad mess up in her life. How would it be if you felt, if the preacher got up, preached every Sunday on the one best bed made up that you have done in your life, over and over and over? Not considering what brought you up to that point, not considering what you was after that point, but it was that one point in your life that's where everybody focused on And that's what everybody remembers you at. And that's exactly where this woman is at. She cannot escape it. She can't get away from it. It's recorded in the word of God. She is at the point of being overwhelmed. And letting the situation. Getting away from her. And this statement comes out of her mouth, and it's the only thing that people remember her of. I don't know what her name is. The Bible says it's Job's wife, and that's good enough for me. There are things I would like to say to you about the statement that she made tonight. In Verse verse 9, she asked a question, dost thou retain thy integrity? She makes the statement, curse God and die. So now I want to look at that statement and look at Job's wife and what brought all that upon her. I I see there is a reason why she said what she said. There was pain in her soul. Some of you say, well, I know why she made that uh, statement. She's an old nag. She's at home. She's just bickering and biting. I've seen the uh, uh, cartoons. You see on cartoons, you see these husband and wife, and his wife is always three times bigger than the husband, and always got that finger in his face, and just going, "Nang nang 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 nang." That—that's what some people see this uh, this woman as. Just curse God and die, Job. Get it over with. I don't know if anybody has ever read after John Wesley founder of uh, the uh, Methodism. His wife was a jealous woman. He would go to the meetings, and she would go to the meetings, and be sitting in the back and jump up and yell, he's cheating on me, he's cheating on me, he's running around on me, and he wasn't. But that was the type of woman she was. It was one account where one preacher went to the door knocked on his door and it went inside and there she had him by the head of her dragging him around the house. That's not this woman. She was jealous. But I know they paint a picture of her as this type of woman. So what is the reason for the statement, the pain in her soul? We always preach about what Job went through. We know the story. We read it last week. They came and said, hey, all your cattle are gone. All your sheep are gone. All your camels are gone. Your house is gone. Your servants are gone. And it seems to expand everything's gone. And then they come and said, your children are no longer, they're dead. And there Job is sitting in the ash heap. We preach about Job. But if this is a husband and wife team, She suffered the exact same thing that Job suffered. She helped Job build up what they had because they were married. She labored with Job. She, she, she worshipped with Job. She'd done all the things with Job. And she had that security. Hey, we've got this Job. We've done that. We've got this cattle. we got the land. we got children. She worked with Job to get what the Job had. But all we preach is about Job. She lost everything too. She suffered loss. She was going, it was down in her soul that she had lost. And let me just say, uh, losing one child would be bad enough. I, 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 don't, I don't know how you can stand beside of a graveside and watch a child be lowered down in it. Uh, that, that's, that, I can't understand it. I can't comprehend it. But lose 10 at one time, she had some suffering in her soul. She didn't make this statement because she wanted to make this statement. Something drove her to make this statement. The pain and suffering in her soul. Let me tell you what. Have you ever been to the point in your life that you've been so hurt, so down out, so discouraged, depressed, that sometimes you may say something that you should not have said, but yet it still came out? Amen. I understand maybe most of us in here are super Christians, but I I make mistakes and I say things I wished I had never said. But God, but God. She is hurting as much as Job is hurting. She is his helpmate. She's gone through everything that Job has gone through. We only focus on one, but she is the same. They have one flesh, one mind, one body. They're the same. She's suffering just as much as Job is suffering. Lost it all. Lost it all. Wives, let me ask you this something. If you lost everything you had and you and your husband been building up and trying to get through, you lost it all, would you be sitting around go? No. Lost everything. you would be just like your husband. Go, oh, woe is me. I'm hurting. And that's what happened. She had, she had pain in her soul, and it just came out. We find that her companion is diseased, Job. The reason for her statement, the pain in her soul is and then as she's watching the love of her life suffering through all the disease from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. She stood at the altar with him and prayed. She watched him labor. She labored beside him and now he is going through all this. She's overcome with pain. But she's suffering because the one she loves is suffering. That's what a marriage couple is. One suffers, they both suffer. When one goes through something, they both go through something. And, And it overwhelms her so much that she finally says, why don't you just curse God and die? She's watching her lover, her her husband, her her best friend go through something that she cannot reach out and help him with. And she just lost it all, lost her children. She has some pain in her soul. I don't believe this statement is made out of malice. It's not out of blasphemy. It's it's out of brokenness. Before you start throwing self-righteous rocks, we all have been in her place. We've all been where things that have not gone right in our life. We've all suffered some things. Uh, uh, we've gone totally, totally wrong in our lives. We've gotten to that place. And we have said some things that we should not have said towards God and towards someone else. We wish we could take it back. We wish we had not have said it. But in that moment of weakness and pain, it came out. You you see what she says here? You you remember back in chapter 1, when Satan was standing before God? Chapter 1 and verse 11, he, he said, Put forth thy hand now, and touch all that he have, and he will curse thee to thy face. And then in chapter two, verse five, he says, "Put forth thy hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face." Where did she? Where did she learn that? Where did she hear that? Curse God and die. She got it because in that moment of weakness, in that moment of suffering, the devil got her in her mind and the devil put that word in it. She's doing, all she's doing is mimicking what the devil said because the devil has gotten in her because of her weakness and her suffering. Listen to me. When you are hurt and when you are in pain, that's when you're more vulnerable for the devil to get into your mind and say things that you should not say. When you've been done wrong by somebody, when something's heartache, that's when the devil can get to you. It, it is easy to get to the place in your life when you're suffering and hurting to let someone else speak through you, which is the devil. And that's what she's happened to. is at that point of weakness. She's at a point of, that uh, everything's gone wrong. Everything's caved in on her. And she was at that vulnerable point in her life but the devil just got gets her. This woman had no idea what Satan had said. This is Satan planting the thought in her mind and in her heart. You can say, well, it will never happen to me. Well, I don't think any of us in here are better than Peter. But it certainly happened to Peter. Jesus and them was walking to Jerusalem. Jesus telling them, hey, I must suffer these things at hand and must die. Jesus said, and Peter said, not so, not so. Jesus turned and looked at him and says, get behind me, Satan. It is easy to get to the point in your life and a weakness and a, a hurt in your life to allow the devil to get inside of you and say something that you wished you had never said. Jesus said that to Peter because at that point in Peter's life, Satan was speaking through him. Psalms 141 Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth and keep the door of my lip. He says, this is, this is what I need in front of me is a guard in my mouth. The old saying is, Lord, put your arm around my shoulder and your hand on my mouth. It's something we all need to grab a hold of. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh, Lord, in me. He's my Redeemer. Job's wife would have never said this if it had not been in her heart already. You know what they say, what's in a person's heart comes out the mouth. If something comes out of your mouth, you want to know what somebody's like, just sit and watch them. And sooner or later, they'll tell you exactly what they're like. Be careful in times of pain and suffering and bitterness. Don't take over your heart. And then end up saying something that you wished you never had said. Bible says, let thy speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. There's a reason why she spoke the way she spoke because there's hurting in her soul and there's pain and there's suffering in her life. That's the reason why she makes this stuff, uh, this uh, statement that she makes. Then there's the response. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall not we receive evil? The, the response reveals the true character of this woman. He said to her, thou speakest as one of the foolish. Now he's not calling her foolish. He's not calling her fool uh, just like you would not call your wife fool because she's probably f- upside the head. But he's saying, hey, you're, you're speaking as one of those foolish women. You're not talking like yourself. You ever, you ever see anybody get sick and, and you listen to them, they don't talk like they normal talk. And they're like, what in the world's wrong with them? Because they're, they're, not, they're not themselves. And what the Bible says, she's not herself. And Job said, hey, you speak as one of those foolish women. Then he said, What? He said, I can't believe this is coming out your mouth. This is not you. This is not how you talk. I've been with you. We've gone through this. We've done all this stuff together. You've never done this. This is not you. Every one of us in here knows how our wife speaks. We know what they will say. I don't think she meant what she said. In fact, let me say this. He's shocked by the fact that she said this statement. Let me ask you this. Would anybody be shocked in what you would say? Is anybody can say something and everybody around you go, well, that's how they talk. If they said something at the water cooler and you, you know, people stand around and you make a comment and they just look at you, well, no big deal, that's how the way I always talk. Or is it fact that you would say something and everybody would stand back and go, whoa, that's not you. You don't say things like it. You don't talk like that. What's happened? There, has got to be some circumstance in your life to make you say that, and make got to be something going on in your life to make you make that kind of comments. So, what is it? That's not you. Now, I know some Christians. They can say some things, and I go, "That's them. That's the way they talk. That's the way they act. That's them." But I know some that will say something and it's off the wall, it's out of character, because I know that's not them. They done built up a good testimony. Their life has been like they should have been living. And just something happened into their life. Something came into their life. And at that moment of weakness, they made a statement. I, 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 just Let me just say this. If all we can remember about somebody is the one statement they'd made in their life and not anything after that, something's wrong with us. We, all we remember about this woman is that one statement. You don't know what she was like after this statement. Certainly, we know what she was like before she got this statement because she was just like Job, had everything going for her. But in that moment of weakness, she makes this statement. I find this amazing. God responds to everybody in this story. He responds to Satan. He responds to his friends. He responds to Job. But nowhere in the Bible do you find that God responds to his wife. Nowhere in the Bible, you say, God says, hey, lady, this ain't right. This ain't you. Nowhere in the Bible do you find anything that God says to. Job's wife, it's amazing to me, I, I, I look at it this way and I kind of think God knew her, God knew her heart, God knew where she'd been, God knew what she was going through and God gave mercy. Sometimes we think, sometimes we're in our suffering and our pain, and all that time, we just, Lord, Lord I deserve mercy. Why am I going through this? And sometimes we don't say the right things like we should at the right time. And we mess up, and we say the same things, and we want the mercy of God. God gives mercy. God still knows who you are no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, God still knows who you are. He knows your character. He knows your heart. He knows we're going to make mistakes. We don't live in that mistake. Then Job reminds her of something in verse 10. What shall we receive? Good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? Job's just reminding her that she already knows and it's this, God doesn't owe her nothing. God don't owe Job nothing. God don't owe you nothing. God don't owe me nothing. Just reminder hey, God's been good to us. He, he's been better to us than we deserve. We're, we're reaping better than what we have sown. And I can say the same thing about us tonight. We're reaping better than we've ever sown. We don't deserve the mercy of God. We don't serve the grace of God. We don't serve God being this good to us, but God and his riches and his mercy uh, He shows us that. Sometimes in the midst of our troubles and trials, we look at God and say, God, I didn't deserve this. I deserve better. If you got what you deserve, if I got what I deserve, our backs will be broken in hell. Thank God in his mercy. He loves us. It helps us every now and then to be reminded of what God is. A lot of times we only want the good in life, we don't want the bad. We like to pick and choose what we go through, but God gives it all. We see the resolution. And she's included in the resolution. She's included in it. If you read in chapter 42, we read in chapter 42 last week, the Lord gave back Job twice as such as he had before, twice the amount of sheep, twice the amount of camels and oxen and she has. But we don't catch that latter part. He gave him seven sons and three daughters. Wait a minute. I can understand and giving the cattle. I can understand the oxen. I can understand the she asses. I understand the camels and all that stuff. But in order for God to give him seven sons and seven, three daughters, she had to be there with him. See, I, I, I love it where, when God takes the, uh, the, the hurt and the pain and the suffering and brings blessings out of it. And that's what he does. She she makes a mistake and yet God said, I am not leaving you in the midst of your mistakes. I am going to make a blessing out of your mistakes. She was a source of cursing in, in Job's life and now she's a source of blessing in Job's life. You may see it as a curse in your life but down the road you look back and you'll see that it's a blessing in your life. She has three daughters. If you go back and study the three daughters' names, I won't get into it because we'll be here all night long. The Bible says none were found fairer in the land. In other words, that there were three beautiful women. And now I say in here, you guys, you say my daughters don't look like me. Thank God they look like their mothers. <laughs> Praise God. Because that's where they get their looks for and I imagine Job would have been the same way. I'm thinking God, I got three rugged, seven rugged boys. They look at me and they'll like, that, But them three girls over there, they look just like their mama. Amen. The Bible says there's none fairer in the land. She, she's, she's been with Job from the very beginning and went through all the same things that. Job went through. She had to deal with the loss of everything. She had to deal with the loss of children and yet at the very end she got back the same thing that Job got but all we remember about this woman is curse God and die. When is the last thing you want people to remember you by? The last statement you made? The last mistake that you made. Come on now, let's be honest with this. We made mistakes. I would hate to be remembered by the last thing I thought. We'd have problems. I don't want to be remembered by the last thing I did. and That one mistake, that that one time it it just fell apart in my life. But that's what we remember this woman as just curse god and die. but she went through everything that job went through she suffered everything that job suffered and you know job ain't coming he don't he's not perfect in this he's blaming god he's he's that got that fist in there shaking it at god and she's standing right beside him if you read over in isaiah and i love this and i'm done And Isaiah talks about Jesus coming and all that he does and all this does. And in that one verse in Isaiah said, out of the ashes shall come beauty. Out of the ashes shall come beauty. So I want to just say, no matter the pain or suffering that you are going through, Don't quit in the middle of it. Don't give up. Don't stop. Don't let the devil get in your ear and say something that you don't want to say. And in that time of weakness, that's when we're more vulnerable. We find that Job repented and his friends repented, but we never find where Job's wife ever repented. We don't ever find that. But I do believe she learned I'm not worthy. She learned how good God was. She saw how good God was. But I believe she found an altar somewhere and got down on her knees and said, Lord, I'm not worthy. Of what you've done for me. I've made mess. I've said some things. But I believe she got down on her knees and said, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. And she got back, same thing Job got back. So let's don't remember this woman, Job's wife, as someone who said a statement curse God and die and leave it at that. Because she went through some problems. She went through suffering, heartaches, and pains just like we do. And I don't want to be remembered as the last bad thing I said. Amen. 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 <laughs> it probably was yesterday. I don't know. Probably thought about it on the way home. I don't know. But I don't want to be remembered like that. Amen. I want to be remembered as someone who loved God, served God. Even in my mistakes and my failures, God is not going to leave you there. God's going to take care of you. Amen.